today, what I want us to do is to remember our own past. Remember where we came from and, and where we are not. Now, I want us to remember the grace and the mercy offered to us by Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. Now, maybe you're in your story, it includes healing or uh, maybe an illness, maybe a, um, an addiction or depression, maybe self-harm or even anger. I can assure you that whether your story includes any of that or none of it, the, the power of the gospel, the power of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago is not any different. His power is the same no matter what your background, no matter what your story is. And so today what I want us to do is to remember what it was when we came to salvation, what it was when we received rescue ourselves, and then turn our hearts towards worship, towards devotion to the only one who can rescue and redeem. Today I get the opportunity to kick off our Easter series, and it feels weird kicking off an Easter series because it's just the first week of March, (laughs) but Easter's coming early this year. It's the first Sunday of April. And so we, every week leading up to Easter Sunday, we're going to look at a different perspective of somebody that was there. Somebody that was there 2,000 years ago and what it was like from their perspective looking at the cross and the resurrection. So for today, I'm focusing on the story of Mary Magdalene. Now, a lot of you have heard of Mary Magdalene. And you might have some, uh, just, just some thoughts swirling around of who Mary Magdalene was. But I want us to uh, debunk some of the rumors and some of the myths that surround who she was. Because there are some. If you have seen the movies Da Vinci Code or Jesus Christ Superstar, you know that there are rumors and myths surrounding Mary that are not true, that are not found in our Gospels. Number one, and one of the weirdest ones, probably, is that Mary was not married to Jesus. There are rumors out there that Mary and Jesus were actually married and possibly even had a kid or two. There's there's this um, misconception that she had a special revelation or special insight into the ministry of Jesus and who he was, but the truth is that her insight into who Jesus was was not different than that of the other disciples. The most common one would be that uh, people believe that Mary Magdalene was a woman with a bad reputation, maybe that she was a prostitute or a whore, and the truth is is that we we do not find that in these Gospels. They get that from the woman that broke the alabaster jar of perfume on Jesus' feet and then uh, washed his feet with her hair. But that is not the Mary that we are reading about. Now, there could be a possibility that that is the same Mary, but what we read in the Gospels is that those are two separate individuals. So the truth is that Jesus Christ Superstar and the Da Vinci Code do not depict Mary Magdalene in a correct lens. The truth about her is that uh, her last name is not Magdalene, but rather she is from the town of Magdala. She was healed of seven demons. We can read about that in Luke chapter 8 and then again in Mark chapter 16 that Jesus healed her of seven demons. She is found in all four of our Gospels with consistency and she is mentioned by name in all four Gospels. So she is important. 
She also helped to fund the ministry of Jesus. She helped to fund his ministry, and she followed him from the moment of her healing. She followed him the rest of her, her time. And she was willing to go and prepare the body for burial when the rest of the disciples were hiding behind a locked door. She was willing to go and prepare his body for burial. Now, some possibilities about her is uh, maybe when she was healed, she possibly didn't have any family to go back to. Because from the moment of her healing, she followed Jesus and she helped to fund his ministry. Now, she had a source of income somehow. Maybe she inherited land at some point. Maybe she was a businesswoman like Lydia and Priscilla. But somehow, she helped to fund and to support the ministry of Jesus, and she followed him. So as we look today, I want us to look at the gospel account of John. So if you turn your Bibles, you can turn to the book of John. We're going to start with one verse in chapter 19, and then we're going to read the account in chapter 20. But while you're turning there, I want us to see that in Luke chapter 8, 2, that Mary Magdalene was healed of of seven demons and that she was with Jesus at the cross. She was at the cross when he died. She stayed there. She saw him get placed into the tomb, and then she went home to prepare spices to properly bury the body. And so as we look at the passage, John 19, 25, it says, Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And we'll skip over to chapter 20. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb, and so she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put them. So before actually going inside of the tomb... She went and told a couple of the other disciples. And it's funny that it includes in there that um, one of them is going to reach the tomb before the other one. I don't know why they just erased, but we're going to read about that next. In in verse 3, At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came, and he entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. And the wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but rather it was folded in a separate place by itself. Verse 8, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first then also went in, saw, and believed. Now it's interesting, in this this moment, they didn't fully understand the fact that uh, Jesus had to be raised from the dead. They weren't connecting the dots fully. I don't know in that moment if they thought that uh, maybe one of the other disciples took the body or if maybe they thought that the guards had uh, stolen his body, but they did believe that his body was no longer there. And, And when it talks about how the fact that there were two witnesses, there were two men that went to look at the tomb, in the Jewish law, two male witnesses was admissible in their courts. And so it is important that they include two of the disciples that went to the tomb and noticed this. 
and, and the, the linen cloths and the face cloths being folded separately in a particular way is also proof of the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Now, that's a whole other sermon in itself, so I encourage you to go home and Google uh, why the linen cloths were folded in their certain ways. Verse 9, For they did not yet understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. This is where I get confused. Because these disciples, they just go to this tomb and they find that their Jesus, the guy that they had just been following for three years, learning from, studying under, listening to, had been crucified and his body is missing. And what do they do? They go back home. They go back home. And we can learn later on in in chapter 20 that they were probably scared of the Jewish people. They were probably scared of the guards that maybe they were going to come and get the disciples too. Maybe they were going to accuse the disciples of stealing the body, and so they would also possibly be put to death. Maybe they were scared, and that's why they went home. There's noise out there if you're online. It caught my attention. I get ADD and distracted me. Anyways, so um, now, now these disciples, one of them was probably now living with Mary, Jesus' mother. And so, yeah, I probably did go home and told Mary, at least, and that's a kind thing to do, to tell Jesus' mom that uh, his body was missing. But yet they did not believe, even though they had been studying under him, following him, they knew the Old Testament well enough to know that his body would be raised. And he had told them, but yet they still didn't understand. Verse 11 of chapter 20, but Mary stood outside of the tomb, so she's back to the tomb again, crying, and as she was crying, she stooped to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in while sitting where, or in white, sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet, and they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? She replies, Because they have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, But she did not know that it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? Now Mary, supposing that it was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you put him and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. He says, don't cling to me. Since I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. So the first person that Jesus appeared to after his, resur- after his resurrection was Mary Magdalene. It confirms what I said earlier, that she was an important person in his life. She was an important person in this story. Now, I'm not trying to say that they were intimate or married or anything like that, but she was at least important enough for him to appear to her first. Now, uh, one of my favorite preachers, Charles, Charles Spurgeon, looking at the story of Mary Magdalene, says this. When Jesus said, Mary... I can 
I can imagine that the word brought up all her history before her mind. Her demonic days when her distracted mind was tossed on fiery billows. Her happy days when she sat at her master's feet and caught his blessed words. The times when she had seen his miracles and wondered when she had given him of her substance and cannot be content without him. We too may expect to hear him in the secret of our soul, calling us by our own names. And he will say, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. So when I read this passage and I think of Mary's devotion, she followed him closely from the moment that she experienced healing. She followed him closely. She was there when he was crucified. She was there when he died. She was there when his body was taken down and placed in the tomb. And she was the first one back to the tomb the next morning to prepare his body for burial. She stuck by his side. And it makes me think of, of you and I. It makes me think of people that experience the healing and blessings and miracles of God. And, and there's those of us that experience his goodness and his favor and we devote our lives to him and we continue that we continue steadfast in that now i think there's few of us that can say that we are like that but i think of the story of uh, a teenager named caleb freeman who about three years ago was involved in a very bad car accident doctors didn't think he would live then doctors didn't think he would walk doctors didn't think he would talk he is now enrolled in college in Oklahoma City area. And his dad is a pastor, and their family has been through some heartache and trials. And yet he chooses to use the phrase, but God. Even though the doctor said this, but God stepped in. Even though uh, people were saying this, God stepped in and rewrote what other people were trying to say. But then there's those of us that forget and just like the new David Crowder song, Good God Almighty, he says, we get amnesia and we forget. We forget of the good things that he has done for us, the, the blessings and the favor that he has given us. Elise Fitzpatrick, in, in, the, in the book, Because He Loves Me, says this, one reason we do not grow in ordinary grateful obedience as we should is that we have got amnesia. We have forgotten that we were cleansed from our sins. In other words, he is saying that ongoing failure in our sanctification, that is the slow process of our change into Christ-likeness, is the direct result of failing to remember God's love for us in the gospel. If we lack the comfort and the assurance that his love and cleansing are meant to supply, our failures will handcuff us to yesterday's sins. And we won't have faith or courage to fight against them or the love for God that is meant to empower this war. Please don't miss the important part of Peter's statement where he says, if we fail to remember our justification, redemption, and reconciliation, we will struggle in our ongoing sanctification. I also think of the story of the ten lepers in Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, while traveling to Jerusalem, he, being Jesus, between Samaria and Galilee, as he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, 
Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. And he fell face down at his feet, thanking him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus replied, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except for this foreigner? Now, now these ten lepers, they, they met Jesus. They knew who, who he was. They knew that Jesus had the power and ability to heal him. But they also still recognized that they were lepers and not supposed to come, come near him. And when Jesus healed them, sent them on their way to the priest, on their way they are cleansed, and only one of them returns. And it, it makes me think of us. Like, how often do we experience the goodness and favor and blessings of God, the goodness in our own lives from him, and we forget, we get amnesia, and we forget to praise God, and we simply go on with our everyday life like nothing happened or like we never had a healing in the first place. Now, we can gather from scriptures that Mary Magdalene might be like this one leper that returned to praise him because she followed him from the moment of her healing. Now, today I focused a lot on on our past healing, on our past miracles, on, on what Jesus has done for us in the past in our own rescue. And maybe you're here today and you have not yet experienced that rescue and redemption that only Jesus can provide. You might be wondering what that is like and what that means for you. Now, his healing in our life and our salvation moment and these moments of our own amnesia, we can remember God's blessing in those moments. It's also very easy for us to look at a future event that Jesus saved us for the future, for this future event called heaven. But for us to remember the in-between, the now, the here and now, I think is sometimes hard for us. There's Mary Magdalene. She praised him as she was going. She funded him as she was going. In the midst of everything, she continued to praise the one that healed her and was sustaining her. Paul Tripp, an author and speaker, says, The gospel doesn't just rescue us from the past and for the future. It also rescues us in the present. From our fears and insecurities, from our lusts and greed, from our selfishness and our pride, and more. Most Christian people have a pretty good idea that Jesus has already saved us from sin's penalty. And most of us have a pretty good idea that Jesus will one day save us from sin's presence. But it's in the in-between times that we have difficulty understanding the present power of the gospel. Now, here's, here are the things that we can learn from the life of Mary Magdalene. Number one is that we, can, we ourselves can receive rescue. We ourselves can receive this redemption and healing that Christ offered Mary Magdalene when she was healed of seven demons. We can also receive rescue from our present issues, our stuff. Second thing, I mean, he calls us to follow him. And we can follow him all of our days and give devotion to him. In that, we can remember what he did in the past. What he saved us from 
what he has done in our lives over and over and over again. Just like the song Evidence talks about earlier. That we can look throughout our lives and see the evidence of God's goodness in our everyday lives. Fourth thing that we can see from this story is that we also can go tell. Jesus calls Mary Magdalene to go and tell the other disciples. When he meets with the disciples, he tells them to go and tell everyone else. And as future believers, you and I, we are also called to go and tell what Christ has done in our everyday lives. As we receive our own rescue, as we follow him and remember, we can go and tell others as well. Now, all of the songs that we are singing today are directly tied to this theme. Directly tied to the evidence of his goodness in our lives. And we're about to sing the song called Healer. If you don't know it, it's written by Carrie Joe, probably about 10, 15 years ago. And I, I'd encourage you to sing it out. Now, as you're singing it, I want you to think back. Whether you're at home or here in person and you're singing it out, think back to the moments of his favor and his goodness in your everyday lives. Think back to the salvation that only he can provide. Now, as the band is coming up, maybe you don't fully understand this and you have questions about this salvation. Maybe you have questions about uh, how to remember or why. I want you to know that we would love to talk to you about that. If you're watching online, we have a host or two that would, be, that would love to talk to you. You can click the request prayer button right now and talk to somebody about this salvation and talk to somebody about this rescue. If you're here in person, we have a prayer room right behind this wall with people there that would love to talk to you about rescue and redemption and this salvation that we talk about. Please don't hesitate to ask a prayer is that we can all relate to Mary Magdalene where we can recall the blessings of God in our lives and offer our daily devotion to him. Now today I want us to remember our rescue and to turn our worship to him. Lord, thank you for today. Lord, thank you that you love us and that you rescue us. Lord, thank you for your redemption. Lord, thank you for the rescue from our past, from our issues, from our sin, from our illnesses. Lord, thank you for our future with you that only you can provide. But also, Lord, thank you for the present power of the gospel that we can live in today. That as we are going through whatever we are going through, that we can always go back to the cross and say simply to the cross I claim. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.